All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Why are the playoffs better at Boston Pizza? Because we've optimized our sports bar experience by studying in-depth analytics. Starting with our new BP Winged Ribs, currently leading all apps in wings above replacement, and deep-fried pickle wedges, an early favorite for the unanimous number one overall pickle. And, of course, the advanced stats darling and leader in pints per game, the new Beer Mosa. Catch the playoffs at Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk, live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. Well, after 20 minutes, it looked like this show was going in a completely different direction, but the Edmonton Oilers managed to figure it out, and we should have a good show today. Let's get into it with the lead. I thought about that a lot. I've been thinking about that moment all weekend and just how Tyler has sued me on my birthday to host a show that I never do. <laughs> but here we are. Oilers tied at 2-2 in the Sports Closet Studio. And first comment of the day goes to Sergeant Battle. Down by three before the first intermission. Impossible comeback. That's what I call Oilers hockey. Welcome into Oilers Nation every day with no Tyler Uramchuk today as he is in LA. But it's me, Liam Horvin, and Sean Bell brought to you by Star Mechanical. Sean, how's the weekend? Good. I mean, I had heart palpitations yesterday, so uh, that worked. I think I soothed that with some beer, so that was yes. nice. Um, what a roller coaster. Truly, truly. Like, my friend texted me after the second period and just said, I am exhausted. And I think that's just how this entire city felt. And he just continued on in the third. But I mean, the Oilers found a way. And this team, I, I don't like this about this team, but you can never rule them out. And I don't think that's a good reputation to have necessarily because it means you're down quite a bit sometimes and you got to come back, but 
like I said, you can never truly rule this team out. Did you think they were going to be able to come back though after the first period? Because it did not look good. No, it didn't look good. Like mm. you, you thought this was going to be one of those those nights where it's going to be like seven or eight nothing, and you know mm. the spotlight's going to be shined heavily on the team. Um, you know the crazy part is like they could have been down five nothing. There was two chances that you know they just got a piece of it, or mm. they the Kings just missed it, and they're wide open nets. And you look at it and you're like, okay, well you're down two one. It's more or less do or die. Like mm-hmm. you want to split in LA and all of a sudden you come out like that. And you just, I'm starting to become a fan of the Oilers, but man, is it hard being a fan of the Oilers? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I want this anymore. <laughs> you should try working for a fan site day to day basis. About them. Exactly. Like, I don't want this anymore. It's too <laughs> emotional. Like they just, they just weren't, they weren't sharp. They mm-hmm. weren't crisp. They were almost playing into LA's hands. LA came out hot and Kevin Fiala hasn't played for a long time and he looked like the best player on the world yeah. in the world. And I'm like, why is this guy all of a sudden out battling, out racing every single player on the Oilers? Mm-hmm. And then we get into the second period and then obviously the conversation changes immensely. Yeah. I, I put out a tweet actually after the second period in, in 20 minutes, Kevin Fiala had more assists than only three Oilers players. Like, every, Sorry, only three Oilers players had more assists than Kevin Fiala and played 20 minutes. He truly looked like the best player on the ice. And then the first period, I guess, well, just jump right into the goals. Like, what did you think of the, the team defense? It looked like it was essentially non-existent and just mistake after mistake. And I think Skinner actually got harshly criticized a little bit because he, he did actually make one pretty big save in the period. And just the chances the Oilers are giving up were just so good that LA almost had to screw them up themselves not to score. Yeah, like I'm not putting any of this on Skinner. Yeah. Like the first goal, I'm pretty sure was Yamamoto had his player. Mm-hmm. Was it Velarde? I think it was. Uh, I, th- I think so, yeah. Right? So he has him in the neutral zone. He's actually got his stick around his waist. Then he lets him go half like once he gets into the zone, nurses puck watching, and then all of a sudden it's a rebound and Velarde taps the puck in the net. That's a tough goal to give up. Like you can't necessarily put that on Skinner. I think that's more of a situation where like, if he makes that save, that's a massive stop. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's a save that you want. But at the same time, like this is a rebound guy wide open in in front of the net and he taps in it. That's number one. Number two, you had, well, you have the power play goal. I can't remember off the top. That was three, three, right? Uh, The second one. Spinorama on Dayane. Spinorama. Like Dayane is cheating. Right. So instead of lunging, Laterally, he actually lunges forward and he allows Arvidsson to spin off of him and then take it to the net. So that's another tough goal to give. Now, in terms of that one for Skinner, I bet you he wants it back because it was a five-hole mm-hmm. goal. Um, but still, you can't give up that little spin around. It's not that he did anything, you know, dramatic or he really changed the tra- trajectory of the play or like he just did a little spin and he just played DeHarnay. Um you know, as a bit of a pawn in that, in that yeah. way. Right. He kind of read him like a buck. Yeah. hundred percent. He just knew this is a big body. I got to get off the boards. Mm-hmm. And then the minute I get this puck, I'm just going to use his, uh, his positioning against him. Yeah. Um, and then the third goal, obviously like, you know, they talked about it on Sportsnet last night and it was three or four guys getting out battled, losing a race to a puck and LA just wanted a little bit more. And then all of a sudden wide open again in the back of your net. So can you put that on Skinner? I don't think he can. Mm-hmm. Maybe one goal he wants back, like we mentioned, but at the same time, like it's it's team defense. It, they just weren't hungry enough, and it showed. Yeah, I, I've said this a few times now about the way the Oilers have just 
been allowing goals. It feels like every time the Oilers want to score a goal, they have to earn every little bit of it. When the Kings are scoring goals, it feels like the Oilers are just making massive mistakes, which is just leading to them, which to me like shouldn't be on Stuart Skinner. I don't think he's been fantastic in the playoffs by any means. And then Campbell comes in and does what he did, right? But for me, like, I think you have to go back to Stuart Skinner in game five in Edmonton. Is that what you would do too? Or would you turn to Campbell now after, what did he make, 28, 27 saves last night? Yeah, I mean, but if you first, if you rewind a little bit, like if you think back to that 10-game streak that they were on, mm-hmm. the goals that they're currently giving up in the playoffs were not goals that they gave up during that streak. Yeah. You know, they played hard defensively. Um, guys were backtracking, backtracking very hard. So they allowed the defensemen to stand up. They barely gave any time and space to players on all the different teams that they played against. And then now all of a sudden here, like it seems like they're, they're backing off a little bit. They're allowing point blank chances, which was like Oilers before mm. that 10, 10 game stretch. Um, as far as a goaltending situation goes, like, yeah, Skinner's gotten you here, but Campbell comes in and he gives you a massive lift yeah. because he just, he battles in the crease. Uh, he made some timely saves. So, you know, part of me is like, do you go to Campbell because of the lift that he gave and how well he played and mm. then let Skinner kind of, you know, ride shotgun yeah. a little bit, or do you just go back to, to what, you know, personally for me, I think you might want to go Campbell only because of the way he came in and he played. He, he was lights out. And it's funny. We did uh, all this nation after dark after the game yesterday, and we made a poll and there was about 220 something people that voted 50, 50. So Good luck with that one, Jay Woodcroft. I hope that goes better for yeah. you than it did for us in that poll. Yeah. Um, I just want to go back back to Dehane. Obviously, he got parked on the bench right after. But one thing that was interesting to see is he was obviously at fault for the Arvidsson goal. The others get put on the penalty kill, gets right out there straight away. Jay Woodcroft trusts him, makes another mistake, and then that's what led to him. I think when you look at Dehane's game overall, the big picture is he's not been like, horrendous by any means but when he makes mistakes they are just so costly against him do you think that's fair to say and also what would you what would you do with him do you think it's right that the Oilers go 12 and 6 now because Broberg did elevate his game a little bit last night too no I I think you stay with the 11 and 7 um obviously it worked because now when DeHarnay's on his game he's pretty good he you know, he's very defensive he gives the Oilers a little bit of that sandpaper that they've been missing Mm. like you know when he him Kane and uh Bukestad came, like all of a sudden the Oilers team was different. So yeah. you need that element uh, in the playoffs in particular in a series against the Kings. But at the same time, you know, I think as a young defenseman, like he's still, he's still growing. He's not, he's not a finished product yet. Mm-hmm. And I think you've just got to give him a little bit more confidence, let him continue to grow. You know, you're showing video, be like, Hey, could you've done something different here as opposed to, you know, what you did on that goal, mm. right? So just trying to give him the tools that he needs to, to help accelerate his game or elevate his game, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, those would be some of the things that I would do with DRNA, but I would go 11 and seven in case that it went sideways because yeah. you don't know what's going to happen with Broberg. Mm-hmm. Broberg, you know, barely played. Obviously, he came in and he did really well. But what happens if he wasn't very good? Yeah, that, right? so that's now you're true. Down to five. So mm-hmm. if you have a twelve and six scenario, and one of those young defensemen doesn't play the way that they should, mm-hmm. well, now you're down to five defensemen, and you don't want to be in five defensemen territory against the Kings. 
No, definitely not. And I do think that's kind of why they were going 11 and 7. Like, obviously, Dylan Holloway got brought up, um, was it yesterday? And everyone was kind of saying, like, get him in the lineup. He's like, why is Dylan Holloway going to bring that? Like, he's going to bring the speed and everything, but people are asking him to get replaced by Yamamoto to come out and him to go in. Like, I just don't feel like it's a recipe for success at all. And I guess on that front, too, like, Kyle Yamamoto isn't producing offensively. Uh, we spoke about it, I think it was after game one or two, how. He's still going getting pucks and he's still kind of causing a little bit of chaos. Are you still seeing that? Or do you think Yamo maybe needs to come down the lineup a little bit and maybe a Warren Fogle can be elevated? Well, I think like whether you put Yamamoto in that spot or you put Fogel in that spot, like you more or less have the same thing. Like yeah. Fogel hasn't necessarily been burying his chances either, but I think that the spotlight's on Yamamoto purely because of the fact that he's on that line yeah. and he's not producing. But at the same time, you look at Yamamoto's game and he's in it. He's in it all the time. And everywhere he's on the ice, he's in the battle. He's chasing down pucks. Obviously that first goal, like maybe there could be, could have been a little bit more communication between him and nurse. And maybe that prevents that goal. But outside of that, like he's a tenacious four checker. He's actually fairly physical. Mm. So you don't necessarily want to move a guy, a guy like that out of that lineup. Because once again, like, he forechecks just as much as Drysaddle does. Oh, yeah. and he gets Drysaddle the puck. So or McDavid. So, you know, the spotlight's on Yamamoto, obviously mm-hmm. because of the money that he makes in the spot that he's in. But he's really not that bad of an option there. I I completely agree, and I I think at one point at some point too, like what are the expectations for him? Like, are we just expecting him to go out and score on every single shift? Like for me, Yamamoto is always been that guy who's super streaky. He's either hot or freezing cold. There's really no in between. And he's going to go out there. He's going to hunt pucks for 60 minutes and he's going to get him to one of the best players in the world who had, was on the ice for all for five goals last night for the Edmonton Oilers. Like, I just don't know what the expectations really are for him. And also, did you find it kind of strange? Clem Costin just didn't play yesterday. Like for, I, I get it. Like this in the second period, you're chasing the game so much, but I was looking at his stats. Like, he outshot his opponents three nothing five on five. Like I didn't really think he made like a massive mistake. And even the penalty he took in game three, where he like held down, I think it was Ayafalo. Like it's a dumb penalty, but it's not like stupid misplay kind of thing. You know, it's kind of heat of the moment kind of thing. He's not just throwing his stick everywhere, especially for a guy too who scored such a vital goal and you're trying to get back. Like it just seems like a weird message to send. Did you see anything from Carson that should have resulted in what happened? I don't think I saw anything in that game yeah. um, for Costin to be sad. I just think it was a, a case of we're down three, nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to win this game because we do not want to come back to Edmonton down three, one. Um, there was a lot on the line. And I think that the, they just decided to go with the big boys yeah. and you know, that obviously it sucks to be stapled to the bench, but at, at that time it's, it's a do or die um, situation. And, and you've got two of the best players in the world and you also got Kane, who has produced in the past. You've got Hyman, who's produced in the past. You've got some horses on your team that you got to get going. And you feel as a coach that they've got to, they give you a better chance to win than Costin did. And that's all really all it was. Yeah, that is kind of what I thought too. Like Costin played a team law at five on five, three minutes and 37 seconds. Dayane was right there with him too on the bench. If you saw the, the celebration afterwards, I think they were the two of the most relieved men in the entire <laughs> world. It was, it was good to see, but the Oilers obviously come back from three, nothing. And then the start of the third period was kind of weird. It seemed like they really let off for most of it. What did they say? Midway through the third, they had 
one shot on goal? Like, what, I guess this is a big question to ask because there's so much to it. But like, what was the difference between the Oilers in the second period that came out so hot and heavy against LA to like just really shut it down? Like, what did LA do to narrow that in? I'm not sure if it was LA that did anything. Okay. I think LA played their game for the most part the entire time. Mm-hmm. But as we've seen over the course of this series, the Oilers have at minimum one period where they come out so hard and LA can't keep up. And I think that's exactly what happened in the second period. We're down three, nothing boys. Like we better get going okay, or we're going to be in serious trouble here. Yeah. So they came out with desperation. And when the Oilers are desperate, they're flying around the ice and mm-hmm. they are a hard team to handle. And obviously they have the firepower to get you back into the game. So that's what they did. And then when you get into that third period, it almost seemed as if they, they had a sigh of relief. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, it's technically zero, zero, even though it's three, three, but in just the locker room, you say, well, it's zero, zero. And I think you have that little bit of like, okay, it's a moment to breathe. Mm-hmm. And then they came out, but and LA was playing the same way the entire time. It's not like LA changed their game. And so once again, LA just comes out, does their thing. And you don't have a moment to breathe against the Kings because whether they're down four, nothing, whether it's one, nothing, they play the same way. They're pesky. They're in your face. They play hard defense. Mm -hmm. And so you just have to be on it all times. And I think that's what you saw in that period. Yeah. It it was just such a roller coaster. I think we mentioned it right off the top. Like (laughs) this team looked absolutely unbeatable for 20 minutes and then comes out in the third period and just gets hemmed in their own zone for so long and they look doomed and then obviously Evander Kane when they got the, the game tying goal and they win in overtime thanks to Zach Hyman there's one question we haven't addressed and it's not even from this game but game three was it a high stick <laughs> <laughs> like it is the biggest conversation in the hockey world imagine if oh, the others had lost last man. night that's all anybody would have been talking about today too but what a just like wild thing right i don't know it's i'm just, not even getting back no? into that conversation <laughs> on our show at hello hockey we talked about that at nauseum yeah um long story short it was a high stick mm-hmm. i think i saw four or five different angles tnt actually had an unbelievable they angle did, yeah um that showed it the fan there was a fan that actually posted mm-hmm. uh, on twitter that showed it as well so you know it is what it is but i think the biggest takeaway from that whole thing is that across the league there's been Awful, awful calls. Mm -hmm. And I think the same two refs that actually were in that game went to Minnesota and then Felino's losing his mind (laughs) because of how bad they were. So this is something that's really bad. And I do think the NHL needs to address it. But yeah, I don't know. I think there was a good comment on the radio today, actually, that the game might be getting way too difficult to officiate because there's so many missed calls, which is probably a fair way to evaluate things. As someone who played, obviously, a professional hockey, do you think the league needs more technology? Like the, my, the thing that is coming back to me is, and the, the FIFA is obviously a bit more advanced than the NHL is, but the World Cup, they were able to determine if Ronaldo headed the ball in or not by the heat in the ball. And Adidas came out and did it. And it was just like, nope, didn't touch it. It was this guy's goal. And then it wasn't even a review on the on the thing. It was just determined after. But like, surely there's a way to like, not even the high stick, but like if the puck went over the line, stuff like that. Do you think the league needs to look at bringing in better things to help the referees? Yeah, I think they've also got to iron out some of the rules. Like yeah. you look at what what's offside. 
in the it's, NHL today. It's so interpretable. The, the whole rule knows. book, yeah. Like, to me, it's a giant, here's your blue line, and then you just have this barrier that goes straight mm-hmm. up, and if you cross it before the puck, it's offside. I think so, too. Make it as simple as that. Mm-hmm. So some of the rules, in goaltender interference, Yeah, that's ridiculous. Nobody knows what that one is mm-hmm. either. And then, you know, you look at the standard of play, and once again, we talked about this, too, is that if I'm a player, tell me what the standard's going to be. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to call every stick infraction, well, I know don't have any stick infractions. Mm-hmm. And then it is what it is. If you're going to let some stuff slide, a la Tampa Bay, Toronto, yeah. uh, um, Winnipeg, then I know where the standard is and I'm mm-hmm. going to do more. So before the game, tell me. Yeah. So then you'll, you'll get a better ref game, officiated game. And I think you'll see some of those calls disappear. And then the other piece is like, okay, well, you're in the middle of the playoffs. In particular, when it comes to OT, what do you want to see called? Like, mm. if it's something that is so egregious and it stops me from getting a scoring chance, call that. Mm. But if it's neutral zone and I slash somebody in the neutral zone, like, don't call that. Yeah. I actually thought the officiating last night was fairly well it, done. I thought it was really good. Yeah. The, the Kevin Fiala penalty probably wasn't a penalty, to be honest. No, but no. you look at the overtime penalty that was called. Adrian Kempe absolutely buried Evan Bouchard yes. from behind. Like <laughs> yes. that was a penalty yeah. and that was the right call. And I don't know. I just think the NHL has got a long way to go before they can like move the refs out of being the main character of the whole thing. Right. There's, there's stuff that's got to go into it. But I guess the last question before you go, before you leave us, what is one thing you would like to see the others change before Tuesday when they play? Or is there something in the lineup you think they need to adjust? Well, they actually started to adjust um, late in the third period. Mm. So one of the things that they've been doing is they've been allowing LA to set up in their one, three, one. Right. And that is LA's strength. All mm-hmm. they do, they force you to dump the puck in, right? They sit back, they chip the, like the puck comes rimming around the net. Their defenseman goes back, goes D to D to his other defenseman. And then they just break it out. And it was like that all series. But the one adjustment that I saw was that the, instead of allowing them to get into that structure in the neutral zone, they just started turning pucks up in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, they couldn't catch up, right? Like, I think actually the, the goal that was scored by Hyman, like Bouchard goes behind the net, he steps out right away. The minute that he sees them changing, doesn't let them set up, zips it up there, and then all of a sudden, it's a break. And, and I think you have, to, you have to make LA chase you as opposed to you just sitting there and being like, hey, you set up in your one three one, which is your strength, yeah. and we're going to try to beat you at your strength. Just move pucks faster than they can set up. And I think you'll be fine. Yeah, I agree. And I think we saw what the others are capable of doing many times in the series. It's just about now sustaining that for <laughs> more than 20 minutes, hopefully, but we'll see on Tuesday. I'm, I'm just glad they're not down three, one. No to kidding. be honest, no like kidding. what would we be talking about today? I don't know who, who well, the next the GM would be. be <laughs> yeah. This city runs off the hobby. And I, I love every minute of it, but thanks for coming by again. Always a pleasure. It was, uh, yeah, no Tyler's time. So we had a little bit more fun, I think, but yeah. it's all good. Yeah, uh, what a buzzkill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, Belzy's uh, appearance is brought to you by Star Mechanical. Star Mechanical is one of the biggest locally owned and operated plumbing and heating businesses in the city. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, I'm on. All right. <laughs> I was distracted. Belzy left. It has been... To say chaotic, I think would be an understatement. When Tyler leaves, for some reason, everything just breaks when I go to leave the show. I'm currently running this show camera off a laptop rather than an actual camera. This camera can't be zoomed in. It is truly something. And Tyler's biggest birthday gift to me was to make me work a lot more than I should have today. But there you have it. Thank you to Sean Bell for stopping by. And what are we at, Aaron? I need you on this one now. Greta, that's where we're going to go to this one. Uh, Oilers Nation. Official watch parties are brought to you by Greta, the party destination, all the road games. So next one will be game six, but games three and five, that's wrong. Three and four were on this weekend. Erin, you were there. Kennedy was also there and she's in the room. Erin, tell us how it went down. I want to hear the reaction to Zach Hyman scoring. Dude, it was, it was pretty touch and go there yes. for a minute. It was uh, the attitudes... They were optimistic in the bar, but three nothing. I got to say, I was emceeing mm-hmm. the event and I had a moment I didn't even know what to say. And I kind of powered through. We made it optimistic. I did say that the, I thought the worst lead in hockey was a three goal, three nothing lead. It's so true. anything's possible. And it did happen. You could feel it like slowly turning up in the bar and like more people showing up, more let's go Oilers chants. Mm-hmm. Greta does uh, some awesome stuff. They do uh, every time the Oilers scored their first goal this weekend, they handed out free shots to the entire bar. Sweet. Were they, sometimes these bars do like orange and blue shots. Were they like that at all? No, they weren't. Oh, Kim, what were they? Yeah, they were. Oh, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, they were delicious. The Oilers are just so fruity. And then, so they score the goal and then they just hand me the tray and they're like, Hey, here you go. Go hand them out. So if people want to come by on Friday, uh, sorry, Tuesday, I am days. Saturday. What day is it today? Monday. Monday. It's your birthday. It is my birthday. Yes. (laughs) On Saturday, how early do they have to get there? If they haven't made a reservation, you can make reservations at gretabard.com slash book, or you can text 587-418. 8507. But if you don't get the reservation, which you should just go and do, quite frankly, it's the easiest way to get there, is this still obviously a little 
Had walk-ins available. I think they were kind of like recommending. So let's say it was an eight o'clock game, mm. which means eight twenty, eight thirty. If we're being real, uh, they were recommending to get there at like seven, maybe before. It was kind of a thing, right? Because there's lots of bar top yeah. seats available, so you can do that. But there was tables, you know, reserved. But Kennedy, it was a blast. I think it was very welcoming atmosphere. People started piling in for the third period in overtime, and then I gotta say. The best part might have even been after the game because that place that place was going, and I had a little bit of a late night last night, folks. I, I'm curious actually what the vibe. So obviously, oh, it's down three nothing. Evan Bouchard gets the first goal. I like people pumped, or everyone's like, "All right, here we go!" Like cautiously optimistic kind of deal. Like how did it? How did the the atmosphere gradually build? Uh, it definitely at first was very like Kennedy had kind of said too. Like I think some people wanted to leave or were leaving, <laughs> so I do not support that. Did not like that. But uh, yeah, you could feel like when the first one went in, everybody I think was honestly more like, "Thank God, okay, we got a goal. Like we're on the board, okay." Anything can kind of happen. When the second one was scored, that that's when it all started to change. And I think everybody started to believe. and was like, holy cow, can we actually do this? We, we have the opportunity to do it. But yeah, if you want to go down to Greta for game six on Saturday, why is it so far away? That's such a massive gap between games. Five it, and it's six. right because the I think the Lakers and the Clippers are playing playoff basketball. Right? Screw them. So is there, there's other games between those ones, obviously, right? The, the other schedule? I don't know why I'm asking. I haven't even looked, but either way, uh, Greta Saturday night, like I said, you can book your reservations at gretabar.com slash book or text 587-418-8507. There you have it, folks. There you have it. And now other one, Boston piece of analytics menu. Mm -hmm. It's funny when I read the, um, <laughs> when I read this cheat sheet that we have with all the sponsors, it says say organically. And I simply just never do because it's just not natural to me at all. <laughs> I usually sit over there, but anyway, Boston pizza fanalytics powered by the new menu that they have for the playoffs. Look at that. A nice crispy beer. Mm -hmm. mm. I'll probably go down on Wednesday. I think grab some, grab some stuff. Can, do you have any ones of the food, Aaron? I like oh, looking at the food when they yes, kind of come around. Check out a pizza flight while we're here. Oh yeah. Look at that bad boy. So with this one, you can pick any three pizzas. Yeah, I do so believe you can get so. Great White North, Spicy Pierogi. I think that's still one that they yep, have. Yep. I honestly just get pepperoni. So. I was going to say, you just named two uh, yeah. pizzas off yep. the top of your head right there. And let's go with the Medio. <laughs> that's going to be my tray on Wednesday. So there you go. Uh, it's like in the chat. I have very much neglected this chat today. I am sorry. I'm trying to figure this out as I go. Do you eat organic bananas or regular bananas? I eat regular bananas. Last night I had five. I know a few people have asked that in the chat. Thank you very much to everyone who said happy birthday and all just sent a ton of bananas. I'm assuming that is the birthday celebration you guys are having for me. Um, what else do we got here? Oh yeah, the fanalytics that I just completely avoided. Bro Philip Broberg is where I kind of wanted to look at this one. Oh yeah, Kennedy got me some. Kennedy got Liam a nice little birthday present here. Some bananas too. So I'll wrap up the show with my fanalytics, which was Philip Broberg. Like I said, when Sean was here, played just under ten minutes at five on five and outshot his opponents six to two, and was a perfect five and zero oh with Brett Kulak. For me, I think Philip Broberg has earned the opportunity to play way more in this series now. And I'm not saying Vincent Dehane can't be in the lineup because, quite frankly. He's needed in the lineup. He's a vital part of the penalty kill. I know the penalty kill 
he was on the penalty kill when they scored last night against Kopitar with Kopitar. But at the end of the day, like he's a massive body who needs to be out there. But Philip Broberg, he's very, he was very good at making plays yesterday in advance in the park. Probably one of the first times I've seen him really do that in quite some time. So I'm going with Philip Broberg as my fanalytics stats, I guess. I don't know. Tyler's, Tyler does this usually. So that's what I'll go with. And then let's take a look at the AMA out of town scoreboard, Aaron. Yeah, let's kind of see what happened this weekend. But before we get to that, for the fanalytics, I wanted to just give a special shout out to Brett Kulak. Yes. Last night. The nine to five man. He was the best oiler on the ice. Like, I swear, he was electric. He was skating up and down. Every time I saw the seven on his jersey, I was like, is that Connor? Oh, no. That's Brett Kulak, baby. <laughs> Let's see what he did last night. Where is Brett Kulak? Five on plus five. He played 18 minutes and 22 seconds and outshot his opponents 15 to nine. Let's not forget about Brett Kulak, too. He's playing alongside Vincent Dehane when he's out there. He's also the guy who turned Tyson Berry into a very good defensive kind of player now after his whole career was just like not very good. So as a defenseman, obviously a good career, but anyway, let's take a look at the out of town scoreboard from last night's NHL. And we'll kind of take a look at the, uh, that way stuff and within that too. But for like, what do we have here? Carolina took down the New York Islanders five to two, three, one lead in that series. Boston, that series is probably done now too. I mean, I know Florida, a lot of people had Florida as a potential underdog to come through on that one, but losing six to at home, never ideal. Dallas tied up the series against Minnesota, beating them three to two. And then obviously the Edmonton Oilers, be the LA Queens five, four in overtime. Thank you, Zach Hyman for that one tonight. New Jersey Devils versus the New York Rangers. I think I'm going to go with the, uh, the Rangers to take that one, Aaron. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think I would go with the Rangers here. I know the Devils, they got their win, so they got new life in them. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. It, they just seem like a team that needs to get the experience. They're just kind of happy to be, be here. And the Rangers, man, their lineup yeah. is low. Stacked. The uh, good comment here from Redman Martineon, I think. Unpopular opinion. Banana bit is getting old. Sir, it is not a bit. This is my life. Thank you very much. Uh, what else we got? Toronto, Tampa Bay. What a game that was in game three. Tampa Bay, uh, sorry, Toronto tying it up. Uh, who was it? Morgan Riley getting a five-minute major and then getting taken away, which I think was actually probably the right call. Oh, actually, I wanted yeah, to ask you, what did you think of Jack Hughes' comments yesterday to the media? Did you see that? Oh, yeah. What did he Where say? Where he was like, we just got routed two games or something yeah. like that, and now yeah, I have to stand here and like talk to you guys. Yeah. I think that was a bit harsh, Jack, but it's kind of funny to see at least. I like Jack Hughes. I like the way he talks to the media. He's a goofy guy. And I don't know. I just like seeing your superstars with personality. Yeah, exactly. Like we're always asking for this. And then a guy comes out and does it. And he's like, oh, well, how can we hate it if he does that? Uh, Vegas, Winnipeg, absolute thriller for the weekend. Yeah. Fighting back and then obviously not getting it from losing. What was it? He went to double overtime that one, right? Yeah. I'm going to, I think Winnipeg will actually tie the series up tonight. I think this series is going to seven. I think that's going seven. I think we're going seven. I think Dallas so, is going seven. So last season, only one series didn't go more than six games, six games or more. And it was when Colorado slept Nashville, I think it was. Every other series in the first round went to at least six games. 
And you remember, I think he was, I think we had five or six game sevens across two days. So just kind of nuts. And then Colorado, Seattle is the other game. That's been such a weird one because I thought Colorado was going to be able to run away with it a little bit. Nachushkin obviously won't be around for personal reasons. And then obviously still the Colorado avalanche, but it is in Seattle. So we'll see that it'd be, it'd be good to see that series kind of continue on as Seattle continue to essentially grow the fan base out there. So there you have it. Did I miss any ads, Aaron? I think I'm good. No, I think. Oh, AMA travel. Thanks to AMA travel for getting uh, boys to LA. They're on the way <laughs> oh, home yeah. now. That's why I'm doing this one. And uh, I'm always jealous. Did you see this time around that hotel at a path three in the back? I know, man. Unbelievable. I was on- doing the show when they were on Saturday mm. and like pre before and after they're showing me the whole view of everything. <laughs> I think they went twice in one nice. day to go hit the course. Like, and then they got to see a hell of a win. They did. They did. Last year when they went to, they got to see a massive one as well when they were down there. So clearly they've got some good luck when they go down to LA. Uh, one last thing before we go. Thank you very much for everyone for tuning in. 298 people in the chat right now, which is great. So the last thing, we're doing a lunch giveaway. Do you have something? Did you see the poll I made? Oh, yeah, I did. So the fan who base should, has spoken. Who do you think should start for game five 62 percent of 242 say Stuart skinner clearly some people have had some time to sleep on this and, and evaluate their decisions last night i feel like if we asked this last night there would have been a lot more jack campbell but i think the more you think about it skinner got us there and <laughs> wait did you see tyler's in the chat he said liam too much wall showing tyler the camera didn't work <laughs> when you leave, the camera does not work. I'm currently shooting the show off a laptop that is Kennedy's because Aaron and I's laptops are too old to fit the cords. But thank you for joining us. Anyway, the last thing, whilst Tyler's in here, I'm sure Jay's around too, watching, I think they're at the airport right now, whatever they're doing. Tyler and Jay and I are going for lunch. And one of you can join us. We'll do the draw tomorrow. We've done this one already when we went out with Tyler Mulek to Montana's yep. and it was, it was fantastic to meet someone Tyler Mulek's in the chat. I see. So there you have it folks. Thank you everybody for tuning in to my lone episode of Oilers nation every day on my birthday. Shout out to Tyler again for making me work a little bit harder today. Happy birthday, Liam, everybody. Thank you very much. And we will see you all in the flippity flop. Mm-hmm.